0: As us children gathered round the table to dig in, Daddy cleared his voice and said, Then let's begin. Let us pray on this day of our dear Savior's birth. Our father sent his only son to live and die right here on earth. Let's send the praises up to heaven for our Lord. Hallelujah. What a beautiful day to be alive, isn't it? I just love the Lord. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Woo! <laughs> Today we're going to continue in our look at Ezekiel chapter 16 and the prophecy that God gave Ezekiel. We're going to look at the first part of this chapter and how it relates to us as believers. Don't forget to be blessed and be the blessing. Hallelujah. But regardless of the blessings that God has poured down on us, regardless of the the wonderful things he has done in us and over us and through us and for us, so often we have areas in our life where we just look and we say, I don't need you. I'll do it myself. I don't need you. And we take the very blessings that God has given us and we use it in adulterous ways, if you will. Oh, you're probably not running around with another man or another woman. But we're using that as a word picture to convey a spiritual idea. We're taking the treasures of God and instead of worshipping the giver of the miracle, we're worshipping the miracle God brings stability and, and when you set your eyes on God when you set your, your heart and your eyes and your spirit on God everything on God your life begins to turn and transform and our tendency our sinful tendency is to begin to embrace those blessings while at the same time turning, turning ourselves from God now we may still acknowledge Him and we may still say thank you Uh, to God. We may say, well, God has blessed me. Thank you, Lord, for blessing me. I got it from here. I got the wisdom to take care of, to manage my money. I have the wisdom to manage my life. I know what's best for me. I will decide who needs blessed from the resources you've given me and who does not. Perhaps we start selling out to ideas and ideologies along the way, compromising That right Christianity, that right faith in God. You see, all of that is adultery. All of that is in in this picture. The nation of Israel, God chose them, redeemed them, drew them out, gave them, blessed them, established them, And they took the wealth that God had showered upon them and they began to embrace other other religious things. Now they still had their temple services. But when we read Ezekiel, we'll see we're we're in the hidden room. They were doing things that were blasphemous towards God. There were prostitutes. There were this and there were that, all these things that were against the way of the Lord that they had sold out and compromised to. And we do the same thing in our life every day. We sell out and we compromise to other things in our life. It may be to, to uh, uh, knowledge, it may be to, to education, it may be to our jobs, uh, to even our spouses or our children or friends, uh, to family members, I should compromise who I am as a believer to keep the peace in my family, to, to not make ripples at work. Every time we do that, what we are saying is, God, I don't need you. I got this. I'll take care. I don't need you. I'll take care of it. And we take the the blessings that God has given us, whether it's the spiritual giftings that he gives us, whether it's the wealth and prosperity he gives us, whether it's the health he gives us, and we use it for something else other than God. We have turned away from him. And so often, even inadvertently, we do this, sometimes intentionally, but more often than not, we have convinced ourselves that what we're doing is, oh, we're doing, we're doing good for God. We're doing, we're doing, we're, hey, God wants me to take care of my home. God wants me to manage my wealth. God wants me to be established. I would love to help that person, but God, God wants me to be a good steward of my resources. And, and that stewardship doesn't leave room to do that for you. whatever the case may be adultery in this respect spiritual adultery is sin nature that is within each one of us what does it look like to you spending time before the Lord, spending time reading the Word of God, uh, uh, studying and, 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 and digging into the Word of God and letting that Word uh, settle down into your heart, into your spirit to define who you are, will bring confrontation with the adulterous ways that lie within us, with the sinful ways that lie within us. Because the closer we draw to God, the less we are able to to hide, justify, contain the sin that sits within us. The closer we are to the light, the less room darkness has to exist. Now, praise God, we're not at a point for God's judgment to come down upon us and, and bring the wrath of that judgment. We're in that time of grace. (sighs) Sit down. Draw close to God. Allow that which rebels against God within you to be revealed before God. Repent for it and turn away from it. God wants to forgive you for it. He wants to forgive you and to grow you into a much stronger person, a much more beautiful person. He wants to, if you will, cover you in the oil. He wants to clothe you in magnificent clothing and shower you with the gifts and the blessings from His own hand. But that means we have to embrace the journey we cannot afford to be the adulterous wife. We cannot be uh, afford to be the believer who takes what God has given us and we and we craft it into other things. We cannot afford to be the person who says, "Thank you for your salvation. I'm glad I'm a Christian. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go live that way. Oh, look, there's a good idea. Let's possess part of that." Oh, I can can weave that together with my faith in the Lord. Beloved of the Lord, focus on your relationship with God. Seek it out. Press in to the Lord. Be holy because He is holy. And hold that holiness above all other things God has to be number one in our life he cannot be number two he cannot be the sidebar he cannot be a co-chair person he has to be the number one in our life without him we are no different than the baby in the prophecy that was cast off and unwanted, an uncut umbilical cord, still covered in the blood, unwanted and thrown to the wilderness. You understand, without God, you have nothing. I have nothing. He is everything. He's not a loan officer that came in with a loan. He's not a grant officer that came in and said, here's a grant, you don't have to repay it. This is a relationship. This is a marriage covenant that we enter into with God. We become woven together with Him. And to set Him aside to allow anything becoming in between him and us to take what he has blessed us with and craft it into something else is adultery in that relationship refocus today during this Christmas season take this time between now and the first of the year and refocus on God this is what better time of the year than that time when we celebrate the birth of Christ to come and to bring God's redemption to us. We celebrate that over the Christmas season. What better time than to press into the Lord to spend more time and to really groom that relationship with God and allow Him to reveal the, the darkness that lies within us Every, every corner and every nook and every cranny Allow God to bring into the light So that we can be holy Because He is holy That we can be the beautiful bride For the bridegroom That we can be who God created us to be Think about it Be blessed and be the blessing Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I never knew of being all alone Though I'm many miles away From the home I hold so dear Daddy's words are there Still ringing in my ear Let us pray for this day